Anyway, 50 KFUO Worldwide, KFUO.org. I'm Gary. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment for the family. And our guest, as always, Dr. Mary Mann Simon. Hi, Mary. Hi, Gary. What's your webpage address and what can we find there? I wanted our listeners to know. Sure. That's nice of you to ask. MaryMannSimon.com. That's M A R Y M A N Z. S-I-M-O-N.com. What would we find if we visited your website? You'll find some tips and ideas and all kinds of books. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm thinking about what's going on here in the world and all the disruptions and changes that are left over from the pandemic. Most obvious is the children and their screen time. I hesitate to use the word addict, but kids are certainly screen dependent. They sure are, Gary. Kids have a close relationship with their phone and other digital media. Some of that happened naturally with the long-distance learning during the height of COVID. Once kids get on the screen, they don't get off. Kids click phones at every opportunity, but there are plenty of other digital options, too. Yeah, I know, like TV, gaming, consoles, and uh, laptops, and tablets, and Chromebooks. You name it, they're screen connected to it. That's right. So here are some important takeaways for families. Oh, I'm eager to hear what you have. (laughs) First, context matters. The amount of screen time is one aspect, but there are other elements to consider, too. For example, where and when is the child skimming, scanning, and toggling? Kids come to supper even with their phones in their hands. They do, and that's obviously inappropriate. It's an opportunity to teach self-monitoring and making a rule. No phones at meals. Oh, that will get the kids right where it hurts, right in their stomach. I wonder which they love more, their food or their phone. When I said that context matters, the why matters too. Does a child have attractive non-screen options? Does he have a basketball to shoot, a bike to ride, a friend to play with? Screens are a default if a child doesn't have anything else that he or she likes. That's exactly right. Here's another point. Help children be mindful about media. Oh, that one's hard when they live media-infused lives. It is. But we can help children make conscious choices about media. Obviously, school subjects like computer science, coding, or typing will be screen-dependent. Well, Mary, what about reading? So many kids read on their Chromebooks they bring home from school. You're right. Researchers have found, though, that comprehension or understanding what you read is actually better on paper. The only time that screen reading is better is when special features are added. Oh, you mean like when images look like they're jumping off the page? That's right. A third point is to help children self-regulate media use. Well, perhaps we need to self-regulate before telling kids to turn off their screen. I think it's easy to fall into a trap of passive screen use at home. When a screen is on in the background, we're sort of paying attention, but we're also kind of multitasking, too. Finding a media balance begins when children are young by teaching kids how to listen to their feelings when using screens. But if watching a program scares a child or doesn't give them a good feeling, they need to be aware of an important fact. They can control media. Isn't part of media literacy, I guess that's the label for what we've been talking about today, finding a healthy balance by making wise choices? That's a great summary. We each need to define what a healthy media balance looks like then use our personal definition as a guide and a goal. Thanks so much, Mary, for being on the program today. Thank you, Gary.
KFUO. You can find us on media, social media, on the web, also on the radio at KFUO.org, AM 850 here in the St. Louis region.